Welcome to the All Financial Hour podcast with Steve All. Certainly, we have a lot of financial headlines to cover here this week, Steve. And I know we're all kind of tired of hearing and talking about the coronavirus right now. But health experts are warning we could see that second wave later this year or early next year. We are starting to see cases spike again in some states that have reopened. But uh, any advice about how we might prepare financially for this possibility? And there's twofold when we start to look at that. I've always talked about the 80-10-10 rule. You know, mm-hmm. if you have put 10% of your money back for your retirement, 10% is going to wherever you get your faith and 80% is what you live on. If you learn to live on 80%, you'll never get caught living on 120. Right. And having that emergency fund. Three to six months worth of emergency funds. A lot of people said, well, I don't really need that. My job is very secure. Well, there are a lot of people with very secure jobs that are part of the 40 million people that are out of work right now. Yeah. So I believe that too be very important. And then the other part that I think is so important is having the plan. Having it in place where what are my investments? What are my rates of returns? It's been very comforting for a lot of people that we had their plan in place. Then we have the decline in the market and they're going, can I stay retired or can I still retire? Because they were planning on doing it shortly. Mm -hmm. And it brought them when they actually came into the office, sat down or did it by Zoom, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the two, you know, we put their plan up and they looked at it and say, yes, I still can retire. Or, no, I'm not going to have to go back to work. They liked that, that we could adapt very quickly, even by lowering the rates of return. I think a 6 to 7% expectation for returns over the next 10 to 15 years might not be real good. Right. Lower that expectation down to 5 to 5.5. Can we still stay retired? Well, if I can do it then and I get the 6 or the 7, that just adds to the picture. So those are the things I think are most important. One Do I have the emergency fund? If you can avoid tapping that 401k or your IRA, please do. Mm -hmm. Please do. Let that be the last resort because that is sacrificing your future for things that you might want today. Have a plan. If you don't have one, let's put one together so that when things like this happen, you can look at it and say, am I still going to be okay? Because that's the question most people wanted to know when they come into the office for either a second opinion on their plan or how is it affecting their current plan for our clients. What are your wishes, hopes, dreams? Share them with us on Facebook. Just do a search for All Financial Group and follow us there. Coming off Father's Day weekend, Steve, I think a lot of us are grateful to dads for all the advice that they give us over the years. Steve, we asked retirement author, good friend of the show here, Patrick Kelly, about his father's advice. I remember being a kid, wanted to buy a computer. It was an Atari 400. This dates me a little bit, but (laughs) it was on sale for this day only. And my dad said to me, this was not the only time he said this to me during my life. He said it over and over, and it was a great reminder. He said, Patrick, if you can find this on sale today, you will always find it on sale in the future. That has saved me so much money making rash purchases that I didn't necessarily need at the time because I was trying to get a sale on something. So it's allowed me to pause, think about it, and not ever feel like I have to do something immediately today or the deal is lost. 
That's a great lesson. That's something I do, Steve. I usually wait 24 hours after I see something that I think I want and I give it 24 hours. And if I still want it, then okay, it's probably a good purchase. If not, it was just a fleeting impulse. So it served me well over the years too. So good stuff from Patrick. But uh, what's the best advice that you ever got from your dad? I think from my dad, my dad was a business owner. And he, uh-huh. you know, he, he was one of those guys that struggled to get through high school. Wow. You know, he got his degree, but he didn't think he was going to. We'll put it that way. Uh-huh. And he ran his own business. And he always said, he said, Steve, get an education. Be an accountant. He says, I hate the fact that I have to have somebody else tell me if my company's making a profit or not. Huh. He said, because I would just look at it and see if I got cash in the bank, we're okay. And I forget about the receivables and the payables. So when I went off to college to be an engineer, <laughs> <laughs> this does not because, surprise me. Because when you're 15 and 16 and 17, you don't listen to your parents. Right. You know, dads don't get smart till you're about 25 years old. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then when after my freshman year of college, I looked at it and said, I don't really know if I want to do this. And I became an accountant. <laughs> See, dad was right all along, wasn't he? You know, and I still remember him saying that. Uh-huh. You know know whether your business is going to be his entrepreneurial spirit passed on to me but that was probably the one for me is be an accountant don't let somebody else tell you if your business is making any money or not he hated that fact yeah and uh you are really good with numbers i always kind of make fun of you steve because you're a little you're a little analytical you are kind of the numbers geek on this show clearly right (laughs) no not at all you know i'm you know i'm the weird guy when people come in and and it's funny we'll do mel and i'll do a lot of these first appointments and stuff together and it's like when people have their documents and their paperwork and their tax returns and all that good stuff mel will look at it and say don't even hand it this direction let it go over (laughs) Over here. And then I, I always tell people, let's get the important stuff, kind of let's ask a lot of questions first, because I'm like the little kid at a hockey practice. When you throw the paperwork out in front of me, I stop listening to a lot of the other stuff. Uh-huh. So Mel has the conversations then. But it is, it's the analytical side of it that, that I enjoy. Yeah. You know, in the investment side, in the planning side. And in the tax, which a lot of people don't have a lot of fondness around taxes. <laughs> For sure. I enjoy that part of it is looking at it and say, how is this going to affect you tax wise? Because people forget the fact that the only money that you can spend is after tax money. Right. Yeah. It makes it a doesn't matter. Big difference. Yeah. It, and when you say things like that 401k and IRA account, have you ever thought about the fact that Uncle Sam owns somewhere between 25 to 30% of that. Oh, wow. Because by the time you take it out, it's ordinary income. It gets taxed. A lot of people forget it. Yep. People forget that because we've been programmed. You're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. And I don't believe that to be true today. Especially with a year like this, when they're handing out trillions like it's candy, We have got to increase the taxes in the future to pay for everything that the pandemic and it's not over yet. Right. It's not over yet. We just keep promising more and more and more. And there's only one way to pay for it higher taxes in the future. So thanks, Dad. I became the accountant. (laughs) I like taxes. I hate paying them. Yeah. You know, but I would rather pay them at my rates 
than what the people in Washington may decide that I'll have to pay in the future. That's why I participate very heavily in the Roth conversions and tax efficiency for my own retirement. So it makes sense when I talk to you about it. Yeah, I love that you're passing that on to your clients, Steve, and helping them with this issue. And since I've already got you geeking out on taxes here this weekend, let's go to (laughs) GoBankingRates, which is a personal financial website. They say, actually, there are a lot of unusual taxes, too, when you look around the country. So, for example, in New York, there is a tax for having someone pre-slice your bagel. So remember that the next time you go visit Megan and go somewhere for a bagel. Uh, In Utah, there's an additional sales tax on anything that you buy from someone who's not fully clothed. I have no idea where that originated. Don't think (laughs) I want to know. And then Maryland has imposed a so-called flush tax for water. So that'll make you think about that when you go to the bathroom. But uh, clearly, I mean, even local governments are always looking for new ways to separate us from our money. So you're saying we have to have a strategy for this, right? Oh, yeah. I think the tax strategy is the most overlooked part when we start talking about retirement planning. Mm -hmm. Because of that conventional wisdom, as I just said, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. We've been told that for years. And then most of the clients that I deal with are usually in the same or when they have to start taking those required minimum distributions, they're actually in the same or a higher tax bracket. Oh, okay. Many don't really believe it when I say one of your largest expenses in retirement will be taxes. They almost always say it's healthcare. Hmm. And, and a lot of people, they'll say, well, Steve, I'm not paying any tax right now. And I'll look at it. Jim and Sandy came in. We don't have a big tax problem. And I looked at it and I said, okay, so your pension and your Social Security are meeting your lifestyle expenses. Yes. And I said, you have a very nice six-figure 401k and IRA. And they said, yes. I said, do you realize that when you turn 72, you're going to have to take about 4 to 5% out of that? Starts out at 3.65, goes up every year. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get an extra $40,000 that you don't need. And they go, you're kidding me. And I said, yeah, now not only will you be paying taxes on your Social Security, you'll be paying taxes on the extra. Because when we hit that time frame between what we call the double tax time bomb, when you're not paying anything, any of your income from Social Security becomes taxable, to all of a sudden, 85% of your Social Security income becomes taxable. So you're paying a much higher percentage as you go through those brackets. And then once you hit the 85%, then you're in one of the higher tax brackets. And people are absolutely shocked when they go from paying almost nothing in income taxes to back to the rate that they were paying when they were working because of required minimum distributions. If you haven't thought about that, give me a call. Let's look and see what your taxes are going to be when you retire and what they will be, especially when you hit 72 And then the question is, do you want to pass that tax time bomb onto your children? Or could you look at possibly being more tax efficient now? Thanks for listening to the All Financial Hour podcast. Catch the full show Saturday at 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. 
Steve All is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The All Financial Group, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and the All Financial Hour podcast are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance license in the state of Missouri. Insurance license number 8039738.